The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Tuesday morning, the morning after. And welcome to another edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM 93.1, with yours truly, Neville James. It is an absolutely lovely day in paradise. Awesome visibility. I can't really see the, um, the outline of St. Thomas and St. John, but just... In general, they really look lovely out of this morning. Uh, partly cloudy, but it is it is nice. Today's a good day to be in the tropics. You know what I'm saying? And of course, you know, the governor gave his fifth state of the territory address uh, last night, uh, just under two hours. And uh, uh, clearly the governor is comfortable in that setting. And uh, uh, we're going to delve into it in detail. Um I got uh, Dwayne Henry uh, joining me around 820. Uh, We're going to break it down. Supposed to be joined by um, Senator Frankie Johnson in our number two. Because, uh, you know, he's on transit uh, back from Rock City uh, to Twin City. Um, hoping to hear from uh, my good friend, um, the Vice President of Legislature, Senator Marvin Blyden. Uh, to get his, uh, not only uh, his take on the uh, state of the territory, but, you know, how it conforms, uh, comports, all that good stuff uh, with uh, what he sees um, from a leadership perspective as to how we go forward from here. Because the speech is nothing more than an update uh, as mandated um, through the Revised Organic Act of 1954, so... Uh, looking forward uh, to speaking with these uh, distinguished gentlemen. I'm breaking it down. Actually, it isn't just about um, what the governor said. It's um, his presentation itself, because um, this is the fifth, fifth speech, uh, fifth state and territory address, um, starting back in 2019. And, of course, um, he's had to give them under um, different circumstances, you know, um, Packed house, um, nobody there virtually uh, during the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, you know, things of that nature. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, uh, we, uh, in our um, analytical way, um, look at not only content but delivery, uh, you know, and uh, and how it, you know, how it's received. Uh, by the public. Of course, you know, we had coverage, you know, wall-to-wall coverage last night uh, leading up to the speech, throughout the speech. And then, um, actually, um, up until 11 o'clock here on uh, Channel 12 WTJ, which, of course, you know, is the the, the benchmark for anything as it relates to um, political discourse and, you know, actually election results and stuff of that nature. So, you know, I, I want to, to commend the other entities who try their best uh, to compete um, with the flagship, you know, with the legend. But you know, I'm still battling for second. You know what I'm saying? I just, 
Just got to call us, read us, read us. Uh, we definitely want to give a, a shout out to, to everybody who um, participated uh, on the, the panel last night. Uh, three former Santas, um, Santa Roosevelt David, Santa Usi Richards, and Santa um, Rocky Labor. Of course, you know, he's a he's a homeboy with Analyze This. And then also uh, a young Virgin Elder participated as well, uh, Mr. Dennis Lynch. He was on the panel, and you know, I saved it. I saved the, the moderator for last. Uh, she did an excellent job. Uh, let's see, Comision, decked out in red. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, you know, Mr. Lynch, I don't blame you for, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, Lena know how lovely she looked last night, you know what I'm saying? So, had a blush and all them things there. Go check on, on TV for everybody to see. But, uh, <clears throat> aside from that, you know, the, the, the discussion, um, you know, was sound. Um, I'm looking forward to the table talk uh, next Monday so I can have some fun in Rocky on a number of different things. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that that's going to be good. But at the end of the day, uh, the, the governor's speech was pretty much a microcosm of, you know, what we um, discuss here on a weekly basis here and analyze this um the water and power authority clearly is um like we mentioned yesterday morning the gorilla in the room governor mentioned that uh, he's also hope uh, in a species he referred to uh, ongoing negotiations uh, with the water and power authority and the energy supplier vital so and he said uh, uh, he's confident that uh, that'll be resolved um, shortly. So we hope uh, that that is the case. But at the end of the day, we're still looking for relief. Um, we also had a, a section of the um, portion of the show that uh, uh, allowed for uh, listeners and supporters to call in and voice their opinions. And um, clearly there was some frustration that you were hearing uh, um, from the callers. Uh, the senators, um, starting with Senate President uh, Novel Francis, and um, finance chair, former Senate President, 34th Legislature, uh, Donna Fred Gregory, and all the other senators called in, and and uh, which is what we normally do. But actually, what we normally do is um, we have somebody on location doing interviews and the TV thing and all that. So that's a, you see, there's, there's uh, a lot of uh, protocol that normally takes place. And because of the pandemic and what we're dealing with, things of that nature, you know, they're not happening like they normally do, you know. So um, having covered the state of the territory, um, you would look forward to, recognizing who would be working the floor for us and them conducting the interview live. But, uh, uh, and, and actually, um, visual. Um, um, but in this case, it's more audio than anything else. But, you know, it's still about content. You know, and uh, clearly, you know, all of the senators were uniform in, in how they received uh, the governor's speech where... Um, you know, they labeled it as optimistic. 
and he was upbeat. And you know, of course, you know the governor's the governor's good in in that setting, you know. And uh, that's how um, that's just you know one of his attributes, and you actually see it uh, during the campaign uh, in that uh, debate setting that uh, he had with uh, with the forums, and then in the debate setting that he had with um, his main rival, main competitor. For Messina Kurt VLA. The governor enjoys um, you know, sitting in I mean being in that setting and, and debating, you know, and public speaking. So you know, clearly uh he uh he he had a good time last night. Right? Now you know, I was thinking, you know, you know, what I was going to say, you know, I'm I'm fifty eight, I'll be fifty nine in about a month and a half. And so, you know, when I was in my uh, mid-20s, when I got immersed into rap music, back in 1989, right, when I was around 24, 25, it had a rapper named MC Hammer, right? And Hammer had a hype man, right, who used to be there like, Hammer, Hammer. Right, all that stuff. I want the public to know. Ain't got no hype man could touch Roosevelt, David. None. You know, when Roosevelt there with you, you check, he's my laughing and say, yeah, right. Ain't got no hype man. When Roosevelt there with you, right? Former Senator Roosevelt, David. And of course, you know, the way we uh, set up the panel, there's always somebody from the administration who is uh, a part of the panel, you know. Uh, that hype man for Hammer, I, I always thought he was the best, but he got you all caught over for me Roosevelt, <laughs> Roosevelt is the best. <laughs> you check, and I was just, you know, watching, watching the coverage last night and saying, well, well, well. You only got one, Mister. You check so um, Roosevelt, take a bow. Let the wall tell the wall never James say when it come to hype man, right? They gotta walk out of for when they want to come test you. Okay, just wanna make that crystal clear uh, as well. Now, um, <clears throat> it was good to see. Uh, uh, Usi Richards and uh, Rocky and Roosevelt there because they actually serve uh, one term together in the uh, the term before I came in in the twenty fifth legislature two thousand three and two thousand four uh, when David Jones uh, was the president uh, they actually serve a term uh, together so that's good Rocky and and Roosevelt uh, they serve a number of terms together I believe it's four you know so uh, and I I had the good pleasure of serving with all of them at least one term. Uh, one with Roosevelt, one with Rocky, and four um, with Lucy Richards. You know, so that institutional knowledge uh, was good. And then, of course, you know, Rocky and uh, and Lucy, um, they served as uh, registered ICMers. Uh, Roosevelt, uh, when he first ran and won, he ran as an independent. Then he changed uh, to a Democrat. Uh, Mr. Lynch, um, that was good to see him. You know, on there as well. You know, representing the young people and all that stuff. You know, I went and, you know, I, I went and got my hair braided yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So I I thought, you know, 
that that you know I was okay until I saw Mr. Lynch last night. Uh, his you know his his style you know his stylist they're, they're good you know what I'm saying you know, he was sharp you know what I'm saying ain't nothing like you know ain't, ain't nothing like uh, uh, seeing them sharp up you know, check uh, to the nines you know uh, and, and actually um. Uh, Brittany Dawson had reached out to me because uh, he ran uh, in the in the primary uh, for the Board of Education. He wasn't successful, but he ran in the Democratic primary, and uh, he was actually trying to get on the show. But you know, we don't really um, uh, bring on candidates during the primary phase. You know, uh, we try to stay away from being labeled as partial. You know, in the general election, everybody got a chance to come in, and we. And we're good for that, but we don't really um, do that here on the radio on the radio show. Sometimes we have forums that we televise the gubernatorial forums, and maybe a central forum for the primary. But for the most part, here on the radio gig, uh, we do the candidate speak, um, uh, what have you. So, you know. But at the end of the day, right? And I know um, I'm gonna have this discussion with Dwayne Henry a little bit, and then with the senators uh, after. By the way, uh, uh, Dwayne Henry. Um, Double check with um, Senator Bladen to make sure he understand, um, uh, he know that we're going to be breaking things down in a little bit. Uh, good morning, Lorna Nichols. How are you? Thanks for listening. Appreciate that. Um, but at the end of the day, right, the, the, the state of the territory is about letting us know where we at at this particular time and going forward. Now, a lot of pomp and ceremony associated with the state of the territory, and justifiably so, because it's a special night. You know, it's it's just like the State of the Union, just very much a much smaller scale. Um, but it's important that the the governor, um, pursuant uh, to the Revised Organic Act, you know, come before the the, the legislature. Who's who's Technically in session. This is an extension of the opening session where they recess um, to allow the governor. Normally, um, this speech, uh, no, by statute, the, the, the speech is supposed to be given the night the legislators swear in, but there's a courtesy involved there. You know, you don't want to take away from swearing in day by having governors uh, give a state or territory the same night. So over the years, over the last, I'd say, 30 years, there's been a two or three week um, uh, recess um, so that the legislature can get their feet wet um, um, for convening, and then the governor would you know step in a couple weeks later, and that's normally the case. I think that's a good move. Actually, I, um, they need to see if they can get the get the um, revised organic act amended, and that's something I'm gonna talk with uh, uh, Dwayne Henry about you know, in terms of you know. Absent a constitution, there are a number of things that we do here. Um, you know, the Revised Organic Act of 54. You know what we're looking at? We're looking at a 70-year birthday come next year. You know what I'm saying? And we don't have a constitution. And there are a number of different topics that they spoke about last night um, that you know, we're going to go over in terms of how we going how we go about, number one, with a, with a, uh, a perspective, um, new constitutional convention, um, coming up and, and all that stuff and how we go about doing that. We've had, what, five or six before that have failed. 
And uh, so we look forward to to breaking that down uh, as well. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> before we do that, let me do some quick housekeeping here. Numbers, uh, COVID-19, uh, big polling data, uh, 800 and, well, actually it was 955 total tests, of which 93 came back positive. It's a high number, but still less than 10%. And this time of year, less than 10% is good. Uh, 862 negative. Um, of the 93, um, you had uh, uh, 80 on St. Croix, um, 13 on St. Thomas, none on St. John. Actives at this point, down from 296 to 259. So that's a reduction of uh, 37, which is good. Of which 222 are on St. Croix. 35 are on St. Thomas and 2 are on St. John. And on the mainland, 12%. Even though the number of um, daily average cases have dropped from 47,290 to 46,418. Okay? And hospitalizations have dropped as well to 36,650. So, uh, what we're going to do is uh, take a break. When I come back, I'll give you a quick, I'll give you a quick uh, update on the um, Wall Street numbers for yesterday. Yesterday was a good day on Wall Street. And that's another thing we're going to touch on. Where is this, this perspective talk about the recession? Even the governor mentioned it uh, last night uh, in this uh, in the state of the uh, territory address 2023. We'll take a break. Be back right after this. you struggled with finding safe spaces for your children to meet up and learn through play and social interaction? Teen Time at the VI Children's Museum offers fun family learning for children ages 12 to 18 years old. A free program for all participants. For dates and information, 340-643-0366 or teentime at vichildrensmuseum.org. I'm Scott Tong from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up. Plus, conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So join us for NPR's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX-FM 93.1. You know exactly how you take your morning coffee. Knowing where to get news you can rely on is just as simple. Listen to Morning Edition from NPR News every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. You can also listen on demand via the WTJX app, available for download from the App Store in Google Play. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news design for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. 
We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Now we're back here, and like this, I uh, was just um, locking down some logistics there um, with the Senate Vice President, uh, Senator Marvin Bladen. So uh, don't hold that uh, against me. We got uh, Mr. Henry in the line yet? Yeah, he's supposed to supposed to be calling in uh, on that line there and uh, uh, making that day that they walk. Check. Um, got a text message here. Mr. Numbers, what were the COVID numbers like last year on this date or thereabouts? Well, it was actually higher. Remember, we were dealing with Omicron. Right? I can, I can, I can pull that up. Uh, matter of fact, I got doing Henry on the line here. Uh, good morning, Mr. Henry. How are you? Hey, good morning. How are you doing? I good. I good. One of, one of my listeners, one of my listeners, want to know the, the 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 COVID numbers for last year. So I go pull up my files. Uh, but I know it was higher because we were dealing with the, the Omicron surge uh, last year. So uh, I'll get I'll get that uh, in, in due time. So what's your take on the speech last night, man? I'm sorry. What's, I'm your, sorry. what's your take on the speech last night? Well, you know, <laughs> I, um, I don't really look at state of the territories or... State of the Union addresses as, I'm sorry, excuse me, as um, any anything revealing, you know, it's usually a, you know a reiteration of what they've done or yes, what they plan to do, and most of the information we already know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hear anything new, um, just a, a reaffirmation of what he's been doing and what he plans to do, and that's my take, generally speaking. No, um, but you know he did touch on a number of different issues that that we uh, and I have been discussing here. Um, mm-hmm. I would say on a regular basis here and analyze this um, mm-hmm. that I wanted us to go over. Let's talk about this. You know the way he ended it, we're literally you know warning us about some hard times, potential hard times with mm-hmm. um, um, economics, um, mm-hmm. the the potential um, recession, and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. What's your take? What's your take on that from the standpoint that um, typically when we're warned about something, they don't happen. They they, they they tend to happen when something develops that we didn't pay attention to, like with the like with the the, the Great Recession in two thousand eight with the with yes. the predatory lending, right? Yes. And once we start to realize that people couldn't pay back these loans mm-hmm. at these ridiculous rates, right? Mm-hmm. And that led to that led to you know AIG and all these different companies and Fannie Mae and all that right, who right. who who went under. But in this case, we keep talking about this pending recession. Of course, the pandemic um, is the genesis of why they believe this is going to happen. But that's three years ago, and now here we are um, with the administration, the the the, the Biden Harris administration, um, putting spending initiatives in place that that are in, in principle to undermine a recession. Right. Well, well, you see, what hap- what's happening, too, is um, 
generally, anytime you have a boom period, it's generally followed by some kind of recession, a mm-hmm. cooling off. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what generally econ- economists are going with it. We had about five, six years of, of um, or actually from the second part of the Obama administration uh, coming out in 2008, this is one of the longest bull markets in, in, in history. Mm-hmm. And so common sense tells you, you know, from the economic point of view, that what goes up has to come down. At some point. Yes, at some point. So a lot of economists, um, and especially with the Fed putting the brakes on the, they were hard in the past um, few quarters on on on, um, on, on the economy and and and, um, and quantitative easing and all this kind of stuff. That those add up to a recession. The thing is, this economy is is so resilient that it, um, you know they're talking about a recession, but then. You know, the unemployment numbers were looking great. Um, last time they reported them and stuff like that. So, and, and inflation seems to be going down or easing it somewhat. Um, so we don't know if there is going to be a recession. Probably the, the, you know, the, 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 the conventional wisdom might be wrong. But I think the governor has an obligation to at least put it out there just in case. I mean, we could say, yeah, we gained this X amount of $800 million over a 10-year period in order or whatever the number is. Well, he's, done, um, he's now said that the, the recovery money is, is now at $12 billion. Right, well, Yeah, well, I know he was talking about actual spending. Um, there's some other stuff. No, too. no, 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 no. He said, he said seven. Uh, uh, you know, he was specific last night. The recovery mm-hmm. numbers is now at $12 billion. I believe he's in, including the wastewater monies. Right for both yes, for both districts, right? And so that take the number that that take that eight billion dollar number up to twelve, and then he also yeah, was specific and yeah. he said seven billion of it has been allocated. Right, but at the same, time, no, he was talking about none. But but what I'm saying is, um, hold on, let me pull that up. Um, the, he has, he gave a number of the yearly federal spending. Oh yeah 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 yeah. That, that's the number. You're right. You're right. Yeah, well, he, well, he had like told me million a year or something, something he, like that. Well, he told me, he told me back in, uh, back on the day after Thanksgiving, because we flew over to St. Thomas together. He told uh-huh. me that number was, uh, we spent six hundred million a year, right? So I, right. Guess, I guess that number now has been revised to eight hundred mil. Exactly, uh, uh, it seems so with the with the way it's worth the money. Mm-hmm. And, and and then he you know, another good take I think here, the take away I have. Is how we how we gonna do this? Um, how we gonna um, get the the labor to do these projects? I mean, everybody from St. Kitts and Tiga can't move to St. Croix. No, you know that, and, 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 you know to do to help us build, and 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 they're talking about thousands of. of, of I think I heard a number five thousand. Um, People might need to be imported. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, basically, he was saying, and this is something that uh, his energy is a uh, disaster recovery director has been mentioning right. all along. Is that uh-huh. if if we were to be fully complemented, right? For uh, as relates to the the necessary uh, boots on the ground mm-hmm. to fill the, the the labor needs mm-hmm. to address the recovery, we would need five thousand more people here. Right. And, and if we, but that's what I'm saying. If we, because remember, um, the delegate um, had a, an amendment or something to to ease visa uh, requirements for people from the other islands. Yeah. And I think, she, 
I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, I totally forgot about that. You're right. And and the president, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the president, had, the president, the president, President Biden had mentioned that, and that was specific. Exactly. That was specifically exactly. for the Virgin Islands to get to yes, get. A, a lot a, of people forget that's something that the delegates been working on, mm-hmm. and 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 the Biden administration because we just don't have these people. But then Senator Biden, you know, the housing man, last night he brought up something. It's very funny. Even if we get these people here. Where are we going to put them? Yes, sir. Yes, Especially in St. Thomas. When they support. can't even hold their native population, much less um, people who move there, you know, on a whim, you know? And mm-hmm. um, at least in St. Croix, they, they, there's one thing they could um, rent the man camp from, um, from, from um, Line Tree, whoever owns it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, West Indies, I don't know who owns it now, but they could, uh, they could rent that match. Never, never you know, and, uh, you know, provide some housing for some of the people. You know, for Rico, we're going to get a lot of people from Puerto Rico, too. Well, well, we got, we got, well, we got folks, we got yeah, folks, we got folks here from South America. Well, we got folks here from South America already. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Venezuela. Venezuela, yeah. we don't, we don't see them down there in, in, in our spot. You know, check, so... So 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 don't don't. <laughs> but I, yeah, Venezuela. There's a lot of you know because I I, I have a um a friend that's in um does some work in um construction work and he has a couple of Venezuelans. Yeah yeah yeah. So, so here we're joined now by this the um Senate Vice President, um Senator Marvin Bladen, um who actually was he was actually in closest proximity to the governor when he was delivering his speech last night. Good morning, Senator. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Bless one. How you doing? Good, and we got Dwayne Henry joining me here doing some co-hosting uh, as well. So I know too are. You go way back. So yeah, uh, uh, glad to have you on this morning, Senator. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Okay, good. So, um, and you could say good morning to Dwayne Henry too, no? Because he there, he there in the show, yeah. I mean, hey, hey, I hey, hey. Good morning, Senator. Attorney Henry. Attorney Henry. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing, sir? Good morning, Senator. Yeah. I just call your name and then you say you're there on the phone. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. just he referred to you as our housing czar, our modern day housing czar. You know, De- so, definitely. You know, <laughs> um, Senator Celestino White had that label for a long time, but now it's yours. So, uh, hold, yes, hold, on, hold on to it. So, Senator. Uh, yes, sir. You sat there last night. This was your ninth state of the territory uh, <laughs> address. You're getting close. You're still in reach double digits. And when you reach double digits, come check me. Okay, but um, <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Um, so what was it like last night? Because it's been different um, the last three years since 2020, last four years. Because 2020 were packed. 2021, hardly anybody there, and then last year, and now this year, because we've been dealing with the pandemic. What was what was the setting like last night uh, in the Earl B. Atley Chambers, governor coming in to give this 2023 state of territory address? I believe we are basically back to normal. Uh, the place was um, pretty full. You know, um, we had a couple of seats left, but it was pretty full. And I think we're back to normal. Uh, I believe when it comes to the state of territory, you know, um, it was a very very, in my opinion, you know, a very optimistic um, look. I think moving forward, you know, um, I was I was happy that he spoke in respect to, you know, seizing a moment, you know, uh, and because I know doing a different church services, they spoke they spoke about that in depth, both in St. John, St. Thomas, and St. Croix, you know, and they also spoke in terms of working together the community. 
on really, really working behalf of the people. And the governor was on point in, 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 in that respect. And I was happy to hear that because that's what I've been saying all along. So it was a pretty good speech, in my opinion. Now, um, most of the senators spoke about the optimism and the, the governor being upbeat. Um, um, we respect his delivery and, and his projections uh, for the future, but what are the areas of concern um, that you believe that the territory should be uh, looking out for so that we could you know, navigate our way around them and try to make the best of our current situation? Well, he made it also clear in his speech. Um, um, of course, the main uh, concern is the federal dollars, as, as he spoke to, eight, from $8 billion dollars. And, you know, us really assuring that we utilize every cent, you know, and basically have the project that's online, have them basically moving and assure that we complete them. That, that's very important, you know, and that's critical because we have the money, like I stated, especially in education. He said that they have not been a time ever that we have had so many federal funds here in the territory. But the key now is for us to utilize those funds and spend them, you know, because that's critical. So that's where, that's where the legislature come in in terms of our oversight, and that's where middle management, in my opinion, and I know he, he didn't get into that, but in my opinion, middle management is critical because they are the one that's going to be really pushing, pushing the, the team forward in terms of accomplishing tasks and follow up and follow through and making sure that we get the work done. But um, that 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 was the really the main thing in that speech last night, the funding. That we don't have an issue with. I remember back in the day when uh, BNM was, was um, senators, they assured at that time that many individuals here were able to, to receive um, their own home and take part in, in home ownership, which to me is the greatest investment anyone can make. And right now, I believe, not I believe, I know we have that opportunity again. And with the, the VI Slice program and the other programs that Interface manages, we must, we must assure that people attain home ownership opportunities and we deliver for them because that's, that's why they elected us. We must deliver on their behalf. So I'm very optimistic also and excited about assuring that we do that for our people because to me, that's, that's, that's my heart. You know, how's it in my heart? And I, I, before I leave the Senate, I'm, that's my dream and that's my hope, you know, and that we really deliver on behalf of our people because the money is there, the opportunity is there. So it's up to us to do our to diligence and do our part and assure that we, we, we pull through for our people. That's, that's that's what I want. That's what we need. And I, I believe that's what we're going to do, working together on behalf of the people. Attorney Henry? Yes, um, Senator, uh, you have a um, question. And I actually alluded to it before you came on. Um, you you, um, you spoke after the, the state of the tour and you spoke about the need for housing um, generally, but in particularly for these new workers that we anticipate bringing in. Um, yes. I don't know if you heard me earlier. I said that St. Croix could probably do something with a man camp, but St. Thomas doesn't have anything of that. What, what suggestions would you, after, I know you probably got to think hard about it, but how would you house the people of St. Thomas that's coming in to help build St. Thomas? Well, honestly, when it comes to holding, I think hard at all. There, there are so many different ideas and so many different suggestions that we can bring to the table in terms of workers and housing them in order to help rebuild our territory. There are several things we can do. First, first thing we can do is have individuals in terms of, you see like how I just stated they did a man camping in St. Croix? St. Yeah. Thomas don't have that much space. 
But at the same time, exactly. we, we can put temporary temporary housing space, small units for individuals like we did during the hurricane. And there are many areas like different open fields that we can put smaller housing spaces for those individuals. Also, we can assist many local homeowners and local individuals who also have spaces. And as you know, and as the governor stated, um, French families is coming back online. Sugar base coming back online. So, of course, we're going to have many more um, rooms available. So they can mm-hmm. also make some make, make some money in the, in the interim by renting out their small spaces for these temporary workers. And I believe mm-hmm. in this district, we love doing that. We don't have a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and they, they're not going to be temporary also. And, and you know, so that it's a win-win for all of us. But at the same time, we know why we are doing it. We have a mission, um, a goal. So of course, many folks will open up their little spaces to rent to these individuals, and they don't really need much. They don't want some place to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. True, true. Yeah. Uh, can yeah, I do a follow-up real quick? I like yeah. the idea, the second thing you said about um, helping homeowners provide that housing. Um, so uh, would you be in uh, favor of a, a program to help a, a homeowner maybe add on to their property? Attorney Henry and um, Senator, Senator Blyden, yeah. we're going for a break right yeah. now. So I'm going to let, you, let, that okay. question, let that question marinate a little bit. And then uh, we'll, we'll let Senator Blyden answer that question, which I think is a, an appropriate question based on what the governor um, spoke about last night as it relates to our okay. needs here with the workforce in the Virgin Islands. Um, the day okay. after the State of Territory Address, we're analyzing it here. I analyze this. We'll take a break and be back right after this. secret to happiness? That's a really good question. And how can we live a more meaningful existence? Here's the secret, I think, of life. I'm Anoush Zamarodi. Each week on NPR's TED Radio Hour, we go on a journey with TED speakers who help us answer some of life's biggest questions. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's get right to it. Join us. Saturdays at 4 p.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big <laughs> cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations. One in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com All of us want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious, 
daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. back here and analyze this um, we've got uh, uh, Senate Vice President 35th Legislature of the Virgin Islands Senator Marvin Bladen serving his fifth term from the District of St. Thomas uh, St. John and we also got a uh, regular contributor uh, Attorney Dwayne Henry uh, joining us. Attorney Henry uh, you had asked um, the Senator a question Yes I was uh, uh, the Senator uh, one of the suggestions he had made to solve him there the, the um, worker housing issue on the St. Thomas side was to, if the government could assist people in preparing existing properties for that. So um, my question is, are you in favor of uh, us funding a program to provide maybe loans or grants for people to do that? Sort of like what FEMA was doing after the hurricane. Well, um, I'm glad you asked that question because, as a matter of fact, we, they do have a program going on right now from uh, HFA. Whereas, you know, they can they give you a grant to assist in rebuilding your home and do repairs, um, but it's a grant and you must um, basically um, rent to local. They can't, like, do it and then put it in an Airbnb. And also, in addition to that, the VA Slice program also has a, has a, um, a specter of that program where that deals with that type of stuff in terms of, of course, it deals with rebuilding homes, repairing homes, basically getting a new home, and gap financing. But portion of the program can also assist local individuals with repairing their homes in terms of uh, renting it to local individuals. So yes, it does provide that. So that, that, that there's an opportunity for that moving forward. Now, um, Mr. Vice President, I go get used to calling you that now. You know, you've been a majority <laughs> for a long time. Mr. Vice President, um, the governor mentioned um, getting our towns back. To, mm-hmm. to, to, to attract it to a higher level of attractiveness. Now, the towns are always going to be attractive because there's a historical uh, nature with all of the towns, the main towns, uh, Charlotte, Mali, Cruz Bay, Christianstead, uh, Fredrickstead. But as it relates to reinvestment, the governor was very adamant about it last night. Yes, yes, he was. And I was happy to hear that because, as you know, with the tech park in St. Croix, you know, um, we would like to have a change in St. Thomas also. Because what they really want to do is basically revitalize the towns where, you know, you have um, businesses downstairs and people living upstairs. Because, as you know, Neville, when we go to many major cities and towns throughout the United States, that's the way to keep the towns active and, and keep the people engaged because mm-hmm. they are there already. You see what I'm saying? They're living there. They, come, they, they really basically participate, come downstairs with the restaurants, you know. And, and it actually also brings other individuals to the town where, you know, it's basically robust and everyone is involved and engaged. And it's just part of what they do and part of life, you know. Um, so so, so you, you, that, and, you, you and Senator Potter were in a meeting with the um, Research and Technology Park about the Innovation District project. So yes. last night, the governor literally gave an endorsement for that initiative or that idea? He did. That he concept. Did. And I was... I smile. I know you were smiling also. I was very happy to hear that. <laughs> I was very happy. No, but to hear I'm, that. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you and Senator Potter and uh, and Senator Bla- and Senator Fred Gregory because yes, that, that yes. that's something the three are you are big on. She, you know, she's been advocating exactly. for what the RT Park wants to do. But 
to me, it's, a, it's not only about spending the federal money. And, you know, Senator, I mean, Attorney Henry and I talk about one of our biggest fears, which is money going back to D.C., right? Oh, but but, but, but the, these, mm -hmm. these are the initiatives that literally guarantee, right, a commitment yeah. to reinvest into the Virgin Islands, which is what the, the which is what the recovery monies are all about. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's a win-win. It's basically a win-win. It shows that we got to spend those funds, and not only spend the funds, but once we spend the funds, we got to see a return on our investment tremendously. You know, with no type of investment and projects moving forward. So I'm very excited about that. No, Attorney Henry, we, we, we've talked about getting our um, young, educated Virgin Islanders. Um, of the mindset that they don't have to stay on the mainland, but we have to be a one. We have we have to put in place a catalyst and and incentives for them to want to come back home because one of our biggest issues is um, cost of living, quality of life. We've got energy crisis and and all that stuff. Um, did you do you think the governor addressed that last night? That might have been an area in terms of recruitment of of, of local intellect who on the mainland matriculating. That might have been an issue that he didn't touch on in detail last well, night. He did, you know, he, he, he sort of, but he, he did not have a chance to go into detail in depth and expound on yeah. it because, you know, he spoke to, he spoke to increasing um, the wage for teachers and, and also he spoke about oh, he did, he did do that. He did do that, yeah. So he spoke about yeah. a different um, program in terms of housing opportunities and then he spoke to WAPA and assuring that they're going to take care of the WAPA issue because once he do those three things, then we, we will be able to bring up our young people home because. I don't care what we do. If they don't have a place to stay, they ain't coming. Period. That's true. So it is critical that we get it right. Well, 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 sure well one of the areas, one of the areas you could guarantee young people coming back home is engineering, though. That, that, Correct. It, it, yeah. there's, there's, there's one area, I know you're laughing, um, Tony Henry, but <laughs> one of the biggest needs for this administration that they identified early on was we need five, 600 engineers yes. to address... Easy. I think that was a number. I might be understating the number to address yeah. our recovery because there's so many projects, so much infrastructure projects that we need to put in place to harden our, our infrastructure. Uh, Tony Henry, I want you to uh, opine on that, and then uh, and then we hear from um, Senator Bladen. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people, you know, that have been talking to somebody, they have talked to a lot of people, and a very good friend of mine who worked in the last administration, and he was like, well, you know, we left this and we left this. And I said, yeah, all that is true. I said, but you know, construction. And the governor said the same thing last night. To build a road takes four or five years. Correct. You know, just slap, Correct. I mean, we could go and swap concrete. I mean, swap asphalt on top. But if you don't do it correctly, you got to do environmental impact. You got to put in swales. You got, you know, all these things. Um, you got to do engineering studies, you know. The, the design mm -hmm. phase of a road is normally eats up the whole first mm -hmm. year, you know. And yeah. the reason why these things are taking so slow is because we got about four or five engineering firms on the, uh, in the Virgin Islands. And, 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 and that can't be more than 20 people. <laughs> you know, outside, outside, you know, the private, the private engineers. If we, do we have more than twenty, twenty-five in the whole Virgin Islands? I think yeah. they know. Well, that's well then. So the, the, but we then, got the, it, we it, got the, the so, so the number that, but, but, that we need in five hundred is probably a low bar. Well, but but but, but Bladen, if in fact that's the case, then then that's a sad commentary for us because we should be doing things to encourage these type of firms to exist here in the Virgin Islands, in particular where you know we're isolated, we're not a part of a grid on the mainland, so we would want more engineers here in the territory. 
uh, given you know our needs for the people. I, I do agree, and, and that's an area of great concern, to be honest with you, because as a matter of fact, last year I passed legislation to assist on public work with engineers because everything is held up, you know, because why? We need, we need that service. That service yes. plays a critical role in making sure we get it right. You know, whereas we don't have to redo it or set back dollars because we didn't do the right thing because we didn't have the proper, you know, scope, etc. So it is important, you know. Um, so we have a challenge. We have challenges that we must address. And like I said, um, I was happy in terms of um, the speech when it comes to basically, um, basically the time is now. <laughs> you know, seizing a moment, etc. Because we need to seize a moment because we don't have much time left and we cannot send back a penny and. You know, the clock is ticking, and we must see the moment and really come through for people. I mean, I mean, that's my, that's my, that's my hope, that's my passion, that's my promise that I'm going to do everything, my power to assure that we see the moment and really do everything we can within our scope to assure that we really follow up and follow through and take care of our people, basically. That's now, a lot of mine. Now, now, of course, you know, it's January, and it appears... Tony Henry and uh, Mr. Vice President, I, I I enjoy calling you that. I don't I don't know if, I don't I don't know if you've noticed it, but, but I enjoy calling you that. Uh, <laughs> um, it looks like every January we're gonna have a, a COVID nineteen surge. That's just the realities, right, going yeah. forward, because yeah. we got congregating taking place on St. Croix with the festivals and all that stuff, and then mm-hmm. all that, right? Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. so one of my one of my listeners. Um, called in to ask for to compare the numbers to last year, and I had mentioned mm-hmm. that. Well, I know last year's numbers were greater um, because yeah. of the Omicron surge and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I actually have the data right now, right? So, so the, okay. the, one thing that the, the 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 audience appreciates is you know um, the the theory of relativity. Um, I thought he, I thought he Henry, right? Where we are now relative to where we were a year a year from now, right? right? Last year, last year, um, January twenty fourth. This to the day, you know. Because today, okay. you know, it's January twenty fourth, right? Yeah. Um, well, let me let me give today. Like I said, today, um, we got two hundred and fifty nine actives, okay. of which two hundred and twenty two on Saint Croix, thirty five on Saint Thomas, and two on Saint John, as opposed to last year, where okay. we had one thousand one hundred and sixty two actives. Of wow. which 661 were on St. Croix, 414 on St. Thomas, and 87 on St. John. So I think wow. it's safe to say that we are much better off one year later than we were last year. And of course, that Omicron surge was a joke, right? Correct. Now, uh, additionally, um, the, the sad story, though, and I want to start with you first, Tony Henry, is that um, at this time last year, the territory recorded its 97th death related to COVID-19, a 77-year-old man on St. Croix. And right now, we are at 129. So that means we've had 32 deaths in the last ca- calendar year. You know, um, you know, this is, to me, that's more than enough reason for us to always keep our guard up. Because, you know, what we're dealing with here, there's still an unknown, an uncertain um, a dynamic, uh, Tony Henry, with this. Because we're still learning, right? Yes. And, and, <clears throat> yes, of course. And, and like, remember, the, I always say that, right, you know, the, 
most of us have achieved some sort of immunity, so we're going to be all right. But there's still this certain very vulnerable um, segments of the, of the population, population yeah. and they're taking the beating now. Yeah. The elderly, yeah. look at look, you know, the last five, six deaths of all been people over 60. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, we're starting sure. to think now. Um, Senator Blyden, that this ain't just about whether or not you're vaccinated or not. This may have been, you may have been uh, infected in the past, and you suffering a long-term impact from being uh, infected. Definitely, definitely. But one one good thing I can say, though, despite everything, is that we are way more educated. You know, and we we, we know how to prepare ourselves and protect ourselves. And I must say, you know, that comes with our experience and, and basically having this spirit along so long. So we have come a long way. The numbers are definitely are down. It's a big, big difference. But at the same time, as you say, we got to be vigilant, and we really need to um, pay attention to what's going on around us. You know. Now yeah. check. Now check this out, uh, Attorney Henry. Um, oh. We had at this time a year ago, right? It was reported it had 12 COVID-19 patients in house on Monday at the Schneider oh. Regional Medical Center, including three on ventilators. On St. Croix. Wow. Um, we had 16 patients in-house, including four on ventilators. None of, the tw none of the patients currently being treated were vaccinated against the virus, according to the data from the hospitals. So that 28, if, if 28 out of 28 at the time were, 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 were not vaccinated, you know, we ain't telling people to go, you know, we ain't forcing a bike to do anything. But and analyze this. We gonna ignore the numbers, neither, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and we can't ignore we can't ignore that. I mean, there's something to this, um, uh, which validates what you just said, Tony Henry. Yeah, and like I said, we really got to be careful with the, the vulnerable population. Most of us are good, but you know, my father is 80 years old, and he doesn't have 16 vaccination shots like I have, but. You know, well, well, you know, you know, you know, you, your name changed, you know. You, we grew up, we grew up reading, but you in the comic, you're the Iron Man now, you know. You, 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 you unstoppable. You, you unstoppable. You know what Here it is. Here it is. But, 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 but the reason why I bring this up ain't just for the numbers, but Senator Blyden, you have a, a near and dear relationship with our elderly population. You like to go into the to the, to, 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 to the neighborhoods and make sure that the elderly are in. We're looking for you for meeting. You there, you there, you there, you, you, you meeting with the elderly and also, so this got to be this got to be a very sensitive topic for you. Yeah, it is. It is, and that's why, um, honestly, in addition to that, what I've done um, in terms of educating them and, you know, um, basically uh, speaking to them about assuring that they're safe and doing what needs to be done. I have also actually um, partner with some individual we have right now. I'm trying to get all of them um, some masks and stuff like that, some extra supplies just in case because the numbers are, as you say, are creeping up again. So in addition to that, I have been really supplying them with um, basic supplies and needs, you know, and to assure that they really stay safe, hand sanitizers and the like. So I've been working with them and we're going to be doing some Probably, um, hopefully early next month with the airlords. No, you know, you know, they are there to me. You, you know that yeah. you, you know you over you overcame a little scandal there in 2021, <laughs> and, and, and you could look back, you could look back and say, "Oh my God, I, 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 I dealt with it. I'm a better man." As a matter of fact, I actually have, I actually have the defendant and his counselor right now on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really appreciate him. 
he came to me, reached out to me, and um, yeah. you know, uh, I really, really, I really yeah. am. I really, really thank him for that, and I, you know, no, but thank, no, but, no, but thank the people for, for forgiving. Thank the people for forgiving you. Well, of, of, of course, of course. Yeah, because they, they, show, they, showed, they showed you love. They showed you love when people want to rate you off. I tell them they have my back. They have my back, and definitely have their back because they know who I am. That's the bottom line. They Good. know who check, Marvin Blayden is. They know my heart. They exactly. know what I'm about. No, 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 no. They no, know no. my character. No, 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 no. They know who Blayden is. People don't call you Marvin. Everything is Blayden, Blayden, Blayden. Okay? So so True. check this out, right? I know you. We're going to yeah. take a break. I know you got a 9.30 meeting. When we come yeah. back from the break, and I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to excuse you at about 9.10, right? Okay. I want to talk right. about the cannabis bill, right? Because that's okay. a, that, that's something okay, that we, we, we spoke on uh, back in the day. We'll take a break. Be back right after okay. this. The day after the State of the Territory Address 2023. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists. Stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's Midday News Magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. Right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Hi, I'm Peter Sangle. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists. You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 